welcome to episode 159 of the Better Was Running podcast. My name is Chris Armstrong. I'm a Run to PB coach, and joining me tonight, as always, fellow Run to PB coach and one of my best mates, Zach and Newman. How's things? How are you, mate? Great, mate. It's uh, it's good to be back on, and we're actually recording. We'll, we'll obviously recording us a couple of days earlier than usual, just fresh off. Getting to see you fly around uh, Burnley and, and a number of runs BB legends and just being out amongst, uh, yeah, seeing seeing everyone go around was really cool, mate. So I think we were that excited. We had to jump on and, and capture the moment. So, yeah, excited to chat. 159, mate, we are just saying. Could you imagine if there's actually someone who's listened to 159 episodes? If you, you really have, deal for them. <laughs> if you have and you're not a family member, um, can you get in touch? Because we would love to have you on. Yes. <laughs> get some get some feedback on what you actually enjoy <laughs> about the podcast. <laughs> no. Send them something if they can verify that they've listened to 159 episodes. <laughs> yeah. If they've 159, then uh, yeah, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll come up with something because yeah, absolutely, that's an achievement. That's a marathon effort in itself. Maybe um, you can get them on and they will let them do world record chat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, mate, we have got a little bit of that. I know I actually had Brady down at my place pre-Burnley. So Saturday night, we, mm-hmm. he came down, he driven down, we went out for some pizza with fellow run-to-BB athlete, Luke Cranmery. Oh, very nice. Uh, yeah, another bat, one of your boys. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was a bit outnumbered, mate, at dinner with uh, all the bat chat going on. They were talking about, Premierships and getting premiership rings and t-shirts and all the celebrate. They're talking about like a, some kind of march going on or like a, a parade down Bendigo on the, mm. sun, on the Monday after you guys win the premiership. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I did have uh, I did have Brady and I, I managed to sort of talk him off a cliff and said, "Mate, can we have another crack at uh, world record chat?" And he sort of said, "Yeah, but just just go a little bit easier on." Some of some yeah, of he's gone some um, fairly strict guidelines and that's okay um, but it just needs to be a little bit more relevant to what we're talking about so <laughs> we have found a link to um, some of the chat tonight and we look forward to bringing that to you shortly nice mate and we've also got a guest we have uh run to pb athlete that is from adelaide mm, coached by madeline madeline heiner who was out out at burnley as well just mm-hmm. Smiling, cruising along, waving, having a great time. She was out doing a pace job, just out pacing, chatting to her fans. Um, you know, just... she was pacing, Chris. Um, believe you, was a dentist. Yeah, it was her dentist. <laughs> <laughs> Mads being Mads, uh, makes friends with with everyone, and don't know how it's come up, but yeah, either she's convinced her her dentist to to get into running, or or I. Just, I actually don't know the backstory, but the fact that managed to get your dentist out, run a half, and pace them—I mean, you'd just you'd, you'd be expecting sort of free feelings for life, wouldn't you? Well, I think PB, I think for the big fella as well. Yeah, like Mads went around in around like high one twenty threes a week after having just run one twenty. That sort of <laughs> marathon effort. Um, mm. She's amazing. I just. I didn't actually get the chance to catch up with Mads, but by all reports, just cruised around like it was a Sunday jog and, um, yeah, did it very comfortably. Well, you say Sunday jog, 
it was because she ran I'm looking at a uh, Strava. I actually think she ran 10k beforehand, which we'll get to that a little bit later because someone mm. else, another run to BB coach, yes. did 10k beforehand and went on and ran a, a decent half. <laughs> um, and then yeah, I think rolled 10k back or a little less, but ended up with 38k for the day at 4:16. So, not a bad, not a bad morning. So. Nearly gone sub three in the day. I know. <laughs> Talking about, oh, I don't know how I'm going to break through. It's like we, you've nearly done it in a, done it on Sunday. Yeah. So, uh, a, she's in good form. Uh, Travelling along very nicely. Well, hopefully we'll be able to get Mads on to um, yeah, to have a good chat about all things running. Line. Yeah. So we've got her athlete jumping on. So we're going to have a bit of a chat there. And also mm-hmm. some around the grounds. We got, uh, it was obviously a big weekend at Burnley, but uh, also there's a little bit of a half flavor, obviously down here in, in Victoria, but Cindy had a half going on or mm-hmm. New South Wales and an overseas result. So yeah, some pretty cool, cool stuff going on around the ground. No, big show. That's why we had to bring it forward to a Monday, mate. Like this stuff just wasn't going to wait. So here we are. Uh, yeah. We're going to bring the people what they want. And we're going to get to your race, mate. But I want to chat to just the days leading up. Did you have a tune-up workout or what was with your half? Because obviously you got ready for Gold Coast, didn't go as well last your last half, but previously, I guess Ballarat. Are you? Is Andy keeping the same sort of tune-up session? Maybe the week leading in, or was there something different this way? This one. Yeah. So probably since the ten k at Gold Coast went to shit, I'm <laughs> through my own Sorry, own 10, fault. Yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> all right. Yeah, it wouldn't have mattered what I ran. I only did two k. At effort, but um, we have, we made some adjustments just to try and help. I guess my sleeping a little bit, um, and the way, like most people, I sleep better under a little bit of fatigue. So, and all all that sort of means in a race week is that um, rather than have a complete rest day the day before the race, I'll get up relatively early and just do a bit of a shakeout run. So just sort of get up at my normal time and go out and do half an hour to thirty five minutes, pretty easy, um, which just helps me not be super fresh and bouncing off the walls with a stack of energy at sort of 9 30 10 o'clock uh, that night so did the did a workout on the wednesday which was pretty cruisy really as far as workouts go um, ran three by 1k off 90 seconds recovery now starting up um probably at around threshold effort and then working down to 10k effort and then after three of those did three by 300 meters at uh, well probably uh, between strides and 3k effort um, just yeah. needed to be smooth and um, fast um, fast for me <laughs> uh, which isn't wasn't all that quick but um, I was happy look the body felt really good in the lead up to the week really strong happy with how everything's going no niggles and um, yeah, sort of took that in, into race day, did my little shakeout run on the Saturday and we came down to Melbourne Saturday afternoon and um, yeah, sort of felt like I had a reasonable sleep, which was, you know, that was a win in itself, I think. Yeah. Um, we stayed in Bridge Road 
in Richmond, which was lovely. It was actually I did see your uh your your digs there, mate. You had a good photo in the morning out out the out the out the window. I could yeah. see a beautiful spot viewing the city, and then obviously that that uh, is well, I'd be five hundred more. No, not five hundred, but what two k to the start line or so? Oh, not even. Um, maybe a k. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty close. Three minutes. <laughs> yeah, no. Nah, well, yeah, not not with my legs. <laughs> but, um, no, nah, it was good. Like we we stayed sort of right at the end of Bridge Road, um, where yeah, I like got up and it was just like it was what I call a hot air balloon morning. You know, the sort mm. of one where you walk down to the hour early in the morning alongside the MCG, and if it's um in October, you're guaranteed to see <laughs> hot yeah. air balloons all up and down the river. So. Um, no, it was a perfect morning. Um, he said, I, I don't, I mean, not before a race, I don't sleep overly well most points. And I did wake up a few times, but that was more so due to the people, um, I guess, hydrating themselves at the pub over the road. Oh, you got the, um, what's the pub across the road there? The Bridge, road, Bridge Hotel. I believe so. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, like we and there's a brewery there, yeah. so yeah, you're in, yeah, you're in um, a great spot there pre race. Um, yeah, um, yeah. I was thinking like you know, probably things won't kick on too long, but um, yeah, sort of. I think um, but that sort of twelve a.m. to one a.m. seems to be a fairly popular time for <laughs> for um for refreshments. So um, but yeah, that sort of died down not too long after that, and got back to sleep, and yeah, sort of woke up. I don't know. A bit before five. Just and, um, um, yeah. So mate, just to wind it back mm. a bit, driving down to from Shep to Melbourne. Mm-hmm. How how do you go about the nerves? Like, are you pretty? Are you nervous? Or you? I know you've had some issues with sleep in the past mm. around late races, but and even just a bit of stress and anxiety pre race. How are you going are you with that? Or how did you go with that? Obviously, you came out and ran ran really well, but. Did it creep in? Did you have a few strategies in place to try and work through it? Well, how did that all unfold for you? Yeah, I think um, at times, I mean, two things. Where it's flared for me in the past, um, primarily if I'm looking at the running reasons, it's been when I've been focused on the result. Mm. So it'll be I'll have a time that I really want to run. Yeah. And where probably one strategy that I've you know would normally have in place and certainly it's one thing i tell my athletes that the time's a result of the process and i think like for me that's all it's got to be the process because to get your time you you know you've got to go and warm up properly and you've got to get your food in at a specific time and you know for me i've got to do my caffeine at a certain time and my drills and all of that sort of thing and then with the race you know, I suppose it's, it's a fairly simple strategy. Yeah, you might have a time goal in mind, but um, the basket of energy that you turn up with on race day, that's got to be proportioned all the way evenly across the race. And that's what's going to dictate what comes out of the body, not some arbitrary number that you're hoping to see on your watch, um, you know, at some point across the, the duration that you're out there. So, um, like I know for me, Gold Coast was I had a very specific time goal that I wanted and um, that led to, that was part of the reason for the anxiety, but yeah, it just turned to shit really. Mm. <laughs> but um, yeah, ever since then, 
um, you know, we, yeah, we put some, you know that strategy in place to assist with my sleeping. But um, heading down to Melbourne this time, I was actually excited for the opportunity, as I sort of have been through most of the AV races this year. That um, you know, really excited for the chance to go and test myself and go, hey, well, you know. Because for me, AV feels like it's a different challenge every time, whether it's yeah. the course or the distance. Um, it's always different every time you go and race. And um, whilst I've done Burnley before this year, like you only get one shot of a half in the mm-hmm. year for AV and you only get one shot at each course. So um, rather than sort of be nervous or I guess worried that, well, what if I don't? What if it feels crap? What if I get out too hard? It was more, hey, here's the opportunity to run a half. This is your last probably big race uh, mm. for the year. So let's just go and enjoy the experience and the opportunity. Um, who knows? You know, it could be like Ballarat and you might run something you don't expect. So um, I was just choosing to look at it as you know, then an opportunity to, to test myself. And that's a privilege because you know, there's a lot of people who are injured or sick or can't run and that sucks. So, you know, at the moment, um, you know, I sort of look at it, hey, I'm 40 years old, I'll be 41 in a few months and let's be honest, my physical peak was probably about six or seven years ago. So the fact that, you know, I can still run 80Ks a week and get out there six times a week and go to the gym and have, you know, I absolutely love what I do. Yeah, that's a that's a privilege. So you know, mm-hmm. sometimes I've just got to remind myself of that. And I think also what was really timely was Shepparton last week, the opportunity mm-hmm. to see a lot of my athletes run and embrace the opportunity to get out there and you know just go for it and have fun mm-hmm. and, and enjoy the experience. So um, that was a really motivating factor around this weekend too. That um, I wanted to be a good example for them and and show them that. I can go and do the things that I tell them to do as well. Mm. So, uh. no, and I think also, like, yeah, we do, and our name is run PB, you know. So mm. that's there is a lot, and, and and you learn as you run a lot, and you learn over time that every race is different, and you, you just you're not going to run a PB every, every race. But when you know you've stepped on the line, and you know the training you've done and you know the, how you're feeling on the day in the race, the effort you're putting in, when you finish that and you, whatever the result is, you know in yourself, hey, I actually gave it my best and this is where I'm at. I'm really yeah. happy with that. To me, that's like I've come away from races where I've just been like, yeah, I've, you know, from the outside, someone might have gone, oh, okay, that was, that was, you know, maybe that was, you know, you might, you know yourself what those performances mean to you. And I think that's, you know, the best part about about running. It is so, you know, you, you can get caught up with these external goals and times and, and but, you know, you, there's so many things that, yeah, when you do it internally and you just do your best, it's, it's, it's an awesome feeling. Yeah. Um, and I think you really encapsulated it well with me saying that, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're still you're you're fit and strong and you're enjoying it like that's the best part it's not a grind like you know if it was a grind and you're, you're still running times but you're not actually enjoying it it's like weird. what's the point <laughs> oh and that's it i mean life's friggin short i mean you know you there's only 
so much time that you get. Most of us don't even know how long that is. So, mm. you know, um, the fact that I'm doing something that I love and um, get a lot of enjoyment out of on multiple levels, you know, that's mm. coaching, that's socially, it's competing. Um, you know, there's just so many aspects. And for me, I mean, running's critical for my own mental health. So, mm. um, yeah, like it's it's pretty cool that it brings such enjoyment to me. So, And maybe the thing is that we're around... But we probably, by nature, we surround ourselves with other runners, our social circles of other runners. We, obviously, we go to work and, and people just don't get it. But it's almost like mm. it's a bit of a superpower that we have as runners is that like if we, if people at work knew that you were like, they might think, oh, you know, Chris is going to Melbourne. He's going to run a half. He's probably just going to jog around and, you know, good on him. Well done, he'll get a medal runner. But if they actually knew that you were, how hard and how dedicated and what you're doing out there at you know nine o'clock or eight o'clock at out in the roads of Bentley. <laughs> like it yeah. is pretty cool. And I just don't think, you know, it's just a thing that where runners get and we respect there's so much respect, mutual respect for runners. And you see it at events like this where when you see people kind of racing, running together and then they're finishing and everyone getting around each other because there is that that common bond of like you're doing really hard stuff oh. that people just don't get you know unless they're in it no i know see like you um i guess because it, it's been just over 12 months since i've genuinely like raced a half and and sort of put myself into that into that box um you forget mm. a little bit just how hard it is particularly over that last sort of four or five k the body's just screaming at you. Yeah. Um, you know, you literally, if there were, <laughs> if you had the option just to go and um, pull up under a tree and grab a drink, mm. it's sort of 16K. You think, yeah, you know what? 16K is a great distance for a half marathon, just like 30K would be a great distance for a marathon. But, um, you know, it's, yeah. yeah. Like, it's funny. We were, we were chatting about this the other day. And I was like, it was some Good runners in the pack. Like, I think Reese was in the base, run 2.13 for a marathon and a mm. bunch of other runners. Was, Kiwi Steve was in there. And we're just like, you know, has there been times in races we just want to stop where you could just wish you looked at a, a seat on the side of the road and you just wish, oh, I'd just love to just sit down for a minute. <laughs> and you'd expect, you know, people just go, no, nah, no, nah, you know, no, nah, never. Like, I'm always like, one of it's like, we all just said, yeah, there's been extra times in races where you just want to stop. And you, yeah, you don't, but you really want to. And it's like, it's just, I don't know, it's almost a myth out there that you think that, you know, we get so strong and mentally, but like we go through those battles in a race where, yeah, you'd, you'd love to stop, but you don't. It's just, uh, it's it's funny. Like, and there's some days where you're just out there and it's hard from the start, you know, and you need a grind. And when you get through it and, and maybe you're just well off your time getting through it, is the huge achievement because I don't think anyone else can kind of, well, they, they didn't know what you were feeling. So they just, you know, you were really up against it for the whole run, but you finished it. So. Yeah. Oh, and that's it. Like, you know, you sort of, you've got that little voice in the back of your head mm. for you know, a large <laughs> majority of the run going, oh, it's not your day just just yeah. jog it in and you're yeah. like no <laughs> we've got it we've got it we've started this we've got to go yeah. and finish it so but no look in the scheme of things i mean i end up running 118.50 
I would have yeah. loved. I think that's about where I'm at based off yeah. the Ballarat run. It's sort of suggested anywhere from about sort of one eighteen twenty to around one eighteen fifty, um, because Ballarat was a little bit quicker than expected. I was kind of hoping, I sort of dared to dream a little bit that, oh, what if it's a really good day and it just everything clicks and, um, oh, you just never know. And maybe that'll be a lot quicker than expected. And because I didn't really look at my watch, I didn't really have a sense of what I was going to land on. Yeah. So it kind of was a real surprise is what, you know, I think... For the first 10K, I, th- I sat around 340 to 343 and felt pretty good. Um, I started taking my gel at 10K and it took me a couple of K to rip to get that in and then maybe another oh, probably five or six minutes for that to kick in and the, and the caffeine to really start to circulate <laughs> around yeah. the body. Um, but once that was in, I was like, yeah, cool. I feel really good now. Um, and I, just, I felt like I was running quite strongly, but... Um, I just didn't get any faster. I think, you know, if that first half was 340 to 343, well, then the second half was sort of 343 to 345, 346. Yeah. And then, um, you know, brought it home pretty strong over the last K. But, um, yeah, look, I at no stage did I take the foot off the pedal or um, relax. It was just, it was a constant work. And, um, yeah, like even when I finished, I was just, cooked like i didn't i didn't go and have a lay on the grass but everything just it ate like i was obviously my legs were like just exhausted but i could feel the fatigue across the like my mid back um, my neck was sore um i could feel fatigue in my shoulders like everything was just dead um like i didn't have anything so yeah, like in terms of oh, like thinking what if or maybe like there was none of that because I just didn't have anything left to give and I felt like, hey, I got the time that I, was, I deserved and for me, that's yeah. a really good time. I mean, I've only yeah. broken 118 once in my whole life. So, um, yeah. and yeah, like most of like my other, what I would consider good half marathons, um, they've all fall, fallen in that sort of 118 to 119 window. So, um, yeah, here's mm. another one to add to the collection, which is cool. So we'll take that. I think it's been a really great AB season for me. I've learned a lot. If you were a, yeah. um, a footballer yeah, playing full forward, what, what do you reckon you would have come off the field? What would your stats have been with Ooh. a 118.50? Oh, we, well, we won because it's a yeah. team game. Um, we, we we won. I probably felt like I, I <laughs> we kick I kicked four goals and Doc set up it. a couple as well. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 So your PB was like eight goals. Oh, goals. it's 10. ten. No, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Um, depends who we're game. playing. Um, <laughs> no, okay. I felt I felt like I was a good contributor. Maybe um yeah. maybe good enough for. Like, or gave off a couple. Gave off a couple, set a couple up. We won by sort of 18 <laughs> points. It wasn't a big win. It was a hard-fought game. And, um, yeah, felt like I was a strong contributor. Yeah. But not Credit, credit was, to the Bendigo Bats and the, the boys and just take it week by week. Yeah, and that was look, it was the midfield that set it up. Uh, I was just there finishing <laughs> off the work um, down the forward line. So All the international listeners are just like, <laughs> what the hell are these guys talking about? I've got no idea what I'm talking about right now, but... Um, yeah. No, nah, look, I, I, I was happy. I think um, 
It was. Hey, it's better than a ten goal loss. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and oh, get yeah, well, it's being benched or um, yeah, it's like <laughs> being relegated. I was out on the bench, um, running next to you. Mate, you you were <laughs> running the drinks. Um, yeah, <laughs> out there being support crew. So um, <laughs> no, look, I, I, water boy at the moment. Yeah, I, I had a ball out there. I think um, it was all very surreal. So you're sort of on the on the loop course, and you've got yeah, you see a lot of people, don't you? You see a lot of people, all the fast guys, and you know it's me. So I'm trying to encourage people as they go past <laughs> the other way, and that's sort of how it keeps me up and about. But I had a heap of people at different stages calling, "Go, Chris Owen!" I didn't know half the time yeah. who it was or where that was coming from. Um, look, it, and it world could, record chat fans. Quite possibly, it could also have been another guy called Chris running around the area <laughs> um, who um, they were supporting, and I was just kind of like um, riding on the coattails of that. So, um, but yeah, like it, it, it was cool, like seeing Andre Waring go around and, and run as fast as he did, and um, Archie and Nath from Bendigo um, both ran like second and third. Um, Brady was seventh, um, and then a lot of the Bendigo guys like. I ran, I ran eight one eighteen fifty and I was the eleventh Bendigo person across the line. Yeah, like I was our last, I was our last point scorer for Division Six. Mm. Uh, like, oh, it just shows you how deep it is. Like, oh, it's, it's incredible. It's and that's incredible. with that's you know Andy didn't come down. Like we were missing yeah, sort of four or five off. of the regulars as well. So, well, yeah, he's just having a week off. Yeah, but um, yeah, like it sort of you you think, wow, I'm bloody happy with how I went. Mm. Felt like I literally gave everything and you sort of um get put back in your box a little bit and go yeah around 1850 but i finished 142nd <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> oh you got i finished 10th in my age or 9th in my age group from in the 40s you know five, so you, you really don't need to entertain those sort of thoughts when you're going no but it AD just shows races. you there's like just... there's a lot of good people out there that irrespective of their age there's a lot mm. of very good athletes and the depth in athletics, Victoria, because, you know, there was 500 or so men that ran in mm. that race. And, um, you know, to, you know, you finished 142nd out of 500 ordinarily, it doesn't sound that great, but yeah, I'm sitting there thinking I've literally given every sinew in my body <laughs> to yeah. run the time that I have. Yeah. And I'm absolutely thrilled. I, mean, I don't care what position I finish. It's mm. just for my own self-enjoyment, but it's just, it's amazing just seeing this pack. I'm, I'm speaking to Nora afterwards and she said, it's it's incredible just the sound. It, it sounds, mm. I think I've said it before on the podcast, but it just sounds like um, horses galloping. Yeah. Um, you know, just the pace and the sound of it, it's, it's incredible. So, um, yeah, and I very much heard that in the early stages of the half marathon um, combined with the women, there would have been seven to... 750 people um, all traveling quite quickly so yeah it was very cool very cool and how have you pulled up mate uh, monday night we're recording so notice yeah. you got out for a job mm-hmm. um fatigue levels are high um can't lie the um energy levels are fairly low i'm glad i didn't have to go to work today but um Spirits are good and I'm not injured. So I think it's just going to be heavy in the legs for a few days. Um, the instructions are to have a good sort of 10 to 14 days of relaxed exercise. So no 
nothing on the plan as such. But if I want to get out and run easy, I can run all the easy Ks that I want. Um, And if I feel like doing some faster running, then it's got to be well in control or well in capacity of what I'm actually capable of at the time. So, Will you um, take an extra day off? Um, at this stage, depending on how I'm feeling and what the energy, I'll run tomorrow and then I'll probably have rest days Wednesday and Friday this week, whereas normally I'll just have the one rest day in the week. Um, see how that goes. I would, if best case scenario would be jumping in a session with Anna on Thursday to, to keep her company and have a bit of fun. Yeah. Um, but if I'm not, like if the energy levels just aren't there, then, um, I know that she will absolutely torch me and um, <laughs> I don't want to slow her down. So, yeah, it will be strictly only if I'm feeling quite good. But, um, yeah, a couple of easier weeks and then I want to go and chase some times on the track. Um, here I am just before saying, hey, chasing times make me anxious. But, <laughs> um, yeah, like I, I'm really passionate about that and I want to go and test myself on the track and yeah, um, just – keep trying to get better where I can. So then the track's probably an area where I feel like I can have some fun and do some racing and, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But, um, no, the focus is just the next couple of weeks and freshening up a little bit, both physically and mentally as well because, for me, it's been a pretty race-heavy season through mm-hmm. AV and I'm really proud of myself that I've made my, made it all the way through. But, um, yeah, time for a bit of a recharge now. Yeah. No, I think that'll be... You know, you've had a, a good block, recharge, get uh, get a bit of a focus on, on some turnover and get some speed in the legs and then test yourself on the track. Yeah. No, mate, I might be um, – your training starting to turn a corner. I might be hitting you up for a pace job at some point over the yeah. summer. We're talking um, 3K, 5K. Yeah, I'm at five. Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what training you'll see, mate, but uh, the way you're going, I'll, I'll have to turn a big across that corner. Maybe, that maybe, corner um, maybe, um, we might be able to for a laugh, we might be able to turn out in like um, H grade or like M grade yeah. or something in a 1500 at Miler's Club or something oh, mate, for a bit uh, of fun. Chili's just went just the, the <laughs> so. Oh, no, we'll see, we'll see. Mm-hmm uh yeah no nah, that's all good mate now i'll quickly quickly uh as brady says whistle through my week but yeah tell us about your week i'm not gonna week um go week by week i'm just gonna because we've got our guests coming in shortly mm-hmm. but i did have my one session so oh. knocked out not a big uh not such a big week case wise i think it was 68 in the end solid still consistent uh still enjoying the gym knocked all those out i just had a little bit of a oh that's why i was in sydney i had a long day in sydney that um sort of threw me back a bit shout out to Qantas for um just absolutely stitching me up with the flight so i sort of spent a good part of a pretty much from by 4 30 a.m to getting back at about 8 p.m from going up to sydney so that just wrote like i was a city run that day i was going to do a paul reason or maddie morgan and get out at 4am but 4am or like, an airport terminal run nah there was look, would have got some strava kudos but <laughs> no, it was uh, mate the amount of time i was um waiting in the airport lounge i probably could have knocked out a session 
But uh, yeah, so that just like, so I had that day as my scheduled day off, but then I was just wrecked from that the next day. So I just only got out a little bit. Uh, I got 40 minutes or something out. So yeah, I think there was a bit of residual fatigue, just busy with work and, and all the rest of it. So I was like, yeah, this is sort of a, a semi-down week. Hit the session, got out on Saturday. Jeff had dodged me. He was down at, um, he was away. So I was just solo. Had a few guys to warm up with, which was fine. And then just went out along the uh, along the Yarra. Did 8.76 this week out of minutes with a 90-second recovery. And, yeah, nice. came out. I was sluggish from the start. And I was hoping I'd sort of turn a corner. I thought I had through the seven minute and sort of pushed on. And the time didn't really reflect. You know, when you're sort of pushing and then you're thinking, going a bit better than the pace is coming up on the mm. screen. So yeah. <laughs> just had to accept that. And then the last six minutes got through it again, was pushing, but nothing was really, <laughs> it was really coming through. And I think it's just, to be honest, I think I just sort of max out of like conditioning and fitness off one session a week, 60, 70 K weeks, you know, I'm, I'm getting them done. Body's getting through. And the best, the big positives from this is the next day I'm pulling up better each week. So I'm doing, more intense workouts or at least consistency in terms of more k's through the week gym stuff and i'm pulling up better on sundays i only did 60 minutes in the end on sunday we were just jogging around stop start Mm -hmm. watching and i'll do a bigger week this week but yeah it just sort of shows i was chatting to al about it's like okay i think we can get through another week around this six days of you know 70k weeks and just you know, keep adding a little bit. We'll get the longer run out. And then I'm going to add in an extra sort of a three-quarter session on Thursday. So a bit of a pickup or just try and it'll it'll push the fitness along because mm-hmm. you kind of do a lot of running, a lot of easy running at your 450s, 445s. And then you jump into a session and you just don't have that change of, like it's a big jump. And yeah. You're also not getting the fitness gains through the week that you would if you had an extra session in there. So, yeah. And if you're running 60, 70 minutes on a Sunday, like once that gets to 90 minutes, once you get out to a three quarter and potentially you know, two sessions a week, things really go from being able to run there, 340, 345s to, to back into that 330, 325 more comfortable. Yeah. I reckon there's that once you get to 90 minutes and you're hitting that regularly, there's a jump. And then the same yes. thing, I reckon, when you get to an hour 45 and then again mm. in two hours as well. Oh, but, 100%. And yeah. it's not sort of like, oh, all I've got to do to get fit is just go and do two hour long. <laughs> it's, it's more you've got to progress your body along to a yeah. point where you can do that and absorb it. It's not just, oh, there's the silver bullets that'll make me fit and mm. strong. It's just when you're sort of hitting those levels comfortably, that's when the fitness gap like the biggest sustainable fitness gains will come so the fact that you're looking to like yeah i think the body's ready to add in that bit of mm. thursday speed as well yeah it's a really positive sign so and it's a slower process like i'm not rushing this i think we rushed it a little bit the first time and it just put me back further there's no pressure on races you know i pretty much stitched myself up by signing up to ab this year and i think i paid for some of the boys were reminding me on the run that I think my 10K, I might have be paying $50 a K. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh. uh, but, you know, I got my value. Got, got, um, I got, got a lot of value out of that, especially the last few days. It's probably 
close to the 60. But um, yeah, so <laughs> I now sort of previously I would have been able to push the boat a little bit quicker and, you know, go 70, 80, 140, you know, one or 90 and, and sit at that and, and take a little bit more, a few more risks. But it's like I'm not, I'm enjoying running relatively typically pain-free like yeah some mornings the Achilles are stiff and some the knees okay sometimes but I'm enjoying being able to run with the crew being able to get one session in so I don't want to risk it too much but I also I am wary I am aware that to kind of get to that next level you're gonna to have to stretch it and there'll be that stretching phase might last for two three weeks and then I'll go up another cog so yeah, it's it's I'm enjoying it. Like I'm not stressed about the timing of it all. Like I'm just in a bit of a state of flux of like, okay, I know what I need to do. I know where I can get to. It's just being really more patient than I'm used to being. So <laughs> yeah, and I think it's good that you are being patient. And even um, you know, for yourself, which you know something new is doing all that strength work as well. So if you were doing, if you took the strength work out and were replacing those with Ks, I don't think you'd be getting as much return on the body at the moment. So like it's mm. it's hard to be able to say, hey, these two to three gym sessions, they're worth another 20K Yeah. Uh, until you sort of, you know, going along a bit more. But I think it's really going to pay dividends for you. Mm. No, I mean, I, I um the guys, because they warmed up and then they were on the other side of the arrow, like, as I started my session and, and Al said, like, you are looking a lot more stable and a lot more Good. balanced than you're running when you're running at pace. So, and I think that is, yeah, there's definitely, I'm feeling it on runs, feeling stronger. And I think, you know, core wise, it's, it's only got to be, you know, there's small improvements. All I need is like, I, I was doing zero, you know, if I can get 2%, five up to 10%, improvement mm. of my stability and strength then it'll be huge for me because i just haven't done it so i'm coming from such a low base that anything is you know it's going to be beneficial so yes we'll just uh just keep plugging away mate what do they say keep showing up just keep showing up keep showing up till you show out so i'm sure <laughs> it's not too far away i don't know about that one is that <laughs> on your coffee mug is it <laughs> Oh, no, a bit of wisdom I once read. So, nice yeah, one, there we go. All righty. <laughs> well, just cut you off before you go into another motivational rant. But no, we have got Steve. We have got our guest who is in the lobby. So we'll, we'll let him in. <laughs> Sounds good. Joining us this week on the Better With Running podcast, we've got a special guest. He's based over in Adelaide. He's actually dialing in on the road. He's down in Tassie on a work trip. He's coached by Madeline Heiner. He's signed up back in 2020, uh, April, it looks like, on the, on the sign-up form there. And he had run 51.49 for a 10K and about uh, 157 for a half. He's now gone and taken some big chunks off that. He's down to 45.48 and 147.50. Over the half, he's almost he's also famous on Strava and on his Instagram for doing a post race shoey. We're going to chat about that a little bit later. Welcome to the show, Steve Friend. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, 
long time listener, first time caller. Excited <laughs> to be here. Mate, big commitment tonight too. So on a work trip, staying somewhere new and, um, yeah, giving up some time to, to have a chat to us as well. And I believe you've got a big session tomorrow planned. Mads has Mads <laughs> loaded you up with a big session and we're, we're up keeping you late. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's all good. I've uh, just stuck out. The boys are up having a couple of beers at the moment. So it was actually a good <laughs> segue for me to go, you know what, I need to leave early. I think I've got three by four. 4K in the morning, so um, starting the the build up to Melbourne Marathon. Uh, it's not too far away down the track. How did the boys respond when you said, "Sorry, guys, I've got to leave tonight. Yeah. I'm uh, doing an interview for a podcast, a running podcast." So, um, <laughs> yeah, did, did you tell them that, or did you just, "Oh, no, sorry, I've got um, no, no, no. To I laid it all out. Yeah, I, I started the groundwork for this one this morning. So uh, it was a um, seven a.m. flight out of Adelaide, and uh, yeah. the the grief started at the airport actually because they come pretty much with carry-on luggage only and I'm the uh, the sole person that always brings a decent <laughs> trunk with. Um, yeah, we're here for three days. Yeah, well, I've, uh, that's the first thing that they remember. I've got six pairs of shoes here with me, um, <laughs> two of them for running, and, uh, and they're going, well, this is madness. And I was, Mate, you need options because if yeah. I don't feel like wearing a particular pair, then you've got to switch it up, so... I think two two pairs. I think you've taken the bare minimum as far as running <laughs> shoes go, mate. So it's um, yeah. You know, I think you've been very very conservative with you, with your shoe collection there for that one. So, but no, it's good. It, well, that's you know, that's my thought. No, good job. Well, imagine if you'd only taken a pair of easy day shoes and you've got to go and roll three by four k. That's something to get the job done. Well, I'm not backing up two days in a row in the same pair shoes for a start so that that in itself is a, a minimum of two pairs of shoes um <laughs> and i've sold that to the wife with you know what if if i'm wearing in the same pair of shoes i'm running a risk of injury so you need to let the shoes breathe let them recover themselves which lets me recover so um i i rock more pairs of shoes in the house than what she has um that <laughs> goes down a treat as you can imagine but um no, I'm, I'm a big fan of shoes i've have a, a whole swag of, and I, I feel like the more the merrier. Uh, my feet fit into pretty much anything now, um, so it's, I guess, the offshoot benefit of um, you know not sticking to one brand, one type. Uh, send them all my way, and I'll jump in them. <laughs> Shoe agnostic, I like it, mate. Hey, uh, mate, we exactly. <clears throat> we're going to get into your running journey because, as I mentioned in the intro. You were you'd signed up twenty twenty mid to COVID I I reckon it was, and yeah, had you done like were you a COVID runner or had you done had you been yep. into running beforehand? What what's the go there? No, so uh, for me, I I've only really been running maybe the last five years, um, and for me, it, it never really started out with a love of running per se as to why I wanted to get into it. It was actually more of a fitness thing um, and more of a cardio side of things. And uh, I guess what kind of brought that on mid to late thirties, I've got three kids, which is a full-time job unto itself. Um, <laughs> and they're the young, well, the oldest at the, the time, um, you know, wanted to kick the footy around, kick the soccer ball around. Um, and I found myself, going out with them and I'd get about five minutes in and I just couldn't keep up uh, at all. Um, I, uh, 
as as a as a little kid myself, I actually spent uh, up until about six or so years old the majority of my time at the um, women's and children's hospital in Adelaide with uh, some real chronic asthma um, and bronchitis issues, um, which severely limited my uh, lung capacity. Um, and even as it stands now, I've, I've had a uh, check-in with respiratory SA uh, just a couple of weeks back. I'm running at about 63, 64% lung capacity. So um, for me, that paired together with asthma, um, I feel like I'm, I need to keep active um, to, you know, kind of keep any level of and I find if if I don't run even for a couple of weeks now, if I was to take two or three weeks off, I can feel that fitness really declining, and then it's it feels like an even harder slog to get back into it. So, um, for, I guess I guess for for me the short answer is I got into it more so for fitness and wanted to keep up with the kids hmm. um, initially, um, and then I guess my own natural competitiveness, competitiveness kind of took over from there. You know, I got um when i first started out uh, i couldn't run 1k without taking my benton with me and stopping at about the 800 meter mark take a puff get back onto it um and it took me about three or four months to build myself up to 3k's um and that 3k's was uh 33 minutes um and it felt amazing at the time i thought oh. and in my head i'm like how i can't than that this is madness um and from there, you know, I guess just slowly run. First park run was maybe 28, 28 29 minutes, thereabouts. Um, and again, it felt like it was just over the moon for what was that improvement? You know, previously 3Ks for 33, I'm now running 5 at 28, and it was absolutely magic. Um, and then I guess just started to push the boundaries a little bit in, I guess, not necessarily speed, but comfort. You know, I felt comfortable at 5K. So then it pushed into 10. Um, had my first crack at a half marathon without really doing any due diligence before. And I thought, well, how hard can it be? I've done five, I've done 10. Uh, <laughs> and I got to about the 18K mark and my legs were cramping. And I thought, what have I done? Um, and that was a, that was two hours, 27, something like that. Um, and so I've come significantly from there um mm. and I actually then got into triathlon a little bit because I thought well, I'll, I'll throw a little bit more into it and, and why okay. not um yeah. and then um yeah come COVID all those kind of events all shut down but I wanted to keep running and I, I, I guess I felt like I probably got to a point where I didn't know how much more I could get out of myself going at it blindly um mm. and uh, that's when I started to look around well you know what what is out there whether it be coaching plans whether it be you know um, advice from other runners I follow a swag of different people on Instagram and it was actually a um fellow run to be athlete Katie Dale from uh, Queensland um following her journey uh, and I just looked up the crew off the back of um her journey um and uh, when I hit the sign up form and there was the little drop down for all the list of athletes Mads was one of um and I had already some fond memories there just watching uh, the Gold Coast Olympics when uh, Mads um you know had that moment post-race where she was waiting for the other athletes wow. with LZ and uh that just kind of stuck in my mind I thought well that's that's a an ethos and a personality that I really vibe with, you know, she's super competitive, but still, you know, has that compassion in the moment to, um, you know, be there for other people. So I uh, felt like, uh, you know, the, the right thing to do and 
you know, the rest is history. As you said, I've taken yeah. huge chunks of time out of, you know, uh, my, my PVs. Um, and to be honest, I've started thinking about the marathon, never thinking that that was remotely possible for, for me. Uh, again, based like uh, you know, my history, I didn't think that I would actually physically have that capability. So uh, to cross the line last year uh, and to have the privilege of being disappointed in the time was was something you know uh, to to not think that I could even do it to go oh, you know what I, I could do better than that was uh, a really surreal you know out of body moment for me so um uh, I've, I've grown a love for running out of what was you know a desire for some fitness um mm-hmm. and I guess what it's so far given me and no doubt will you know continue is uh, I guess it allowed me to believe in myself a little bit more um and know that you know if you put the hard yards in, you you can achieve some some things that you, you probably didn't think were at all you know were possible. Mate, that's yeah, that's really really cool and inspiring. And and I think you touched on it at the start there. Like now, you must be a like this must be a real role model for you for your kids. Like, it must be inspired seeing you going out running at all times of the, all you know all times of the day and then you're at the races medals and <laughs> yeah yeah like how's that sitting with the family as well uh it, it, it's got its own kind of ebbs and flows the, the kids yeah. love it um yeah. they they come along to park run quite frequently my yeah. uh, middle child is probably the more competitive of of the three um and he's just recently got um his pb down to 25 minutes which it was so fulfilling for me. I think I was probably more proud and more excited <laughs> than what he was. Because again, looking at my own journey, I've gone, mate, you've ex- already exceeded what you know I, I had, uh, and at such a young age. Um, so yeah, his his love for it um, and effortlessness with which he goes about it. it you know, it, I, I love it, and um, I'd like to think that you know, I, I know that the eyes are always watching. I'd like to think if they're watching me, I want to be doing something that they can be. Uh, I guess proud of and you know aspire to as, as well so yeah. whether it be running or something else uh, you know that's kind of what I like to instill in them is that it, as long as they put the effort in the, the result to a certain extent doesn't matter it's it's giving it a crack and then you know putting yourself out there and you're running the uh the lines at soccer training now I believe or soccer matches yeah <laughs> Standard dad gear. I got roped into coaching last year. Um, Elijah's uh, under 12s footy <laughs> um, because no other parents put their hand up. And I've gone, well, a moment of guilt. Gone, well, if I don't do it and no one else does it, well, the kids are going to be left there without. So uh, that was last year. Dovetailed this year into, I've just gone, you know what, I'm not coaching anymore. That was too much. It was too stressful. And they've gone, oh, well, I'm coaching. But do you reckon you could be the team manager? Uh, okay. All right. What does that involve? And they're going, oh, well, you just got to organize the ref payments and you got to organize the linesman. And then, <laughs> sure enough, you know, with the, as you rock up and there are no parents to be seen for miles around. <laughs> well, guess who's running the, the linesman? And they're doing a boundary. And then the oh, ref blows his whistle. Sure enough, you look over and going, wait a minute, we've got a crowd of like 40 people here. Where did you all rock up from? So, <laughs> and you're the you're the runner. So just don't. like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just going, oh, I don't do mind. <laughs> exactly. It sounds like you've got more jobs there as team manager than you had as coach. Like you've, um, you've been 
Exactly. <laughs> I've seen you coming a long way out of that I've one. been stitched yeah. up, exactly. Stitched and I'll, up. I'll nearly guarantee you those 40 people in the stands are all ex-team managers and ex-coaches too. They're yeah. just knowing that they're just sitting in the car. Exactly. They know what's... That's me next year. Yeah. <laughs> I'll drop the kids off at the front game, but mate, I'll be back in five. Don't worry about that. Yeah, gotta go and get a coffee. I'll be right there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, have I'm a just great gotta game. find a park. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't like those parks. I'll find another one. <laughs> the park five k's away, and then I'm jogged in. But um, yeah. hey, mate. Look, <laughs> exactly. Warm up. Your running has shown phenomenal progress since those early stages. Like to go from. You know, literally not even being able to run a full kilometre without using Ventolin to now, you know, you've literally run marathons and you've taken the knife and cut up some absolutely massive chunks out of your PBs. But with your work through MADS, what are some of the favourite sessions that, that she's given you that you've done? Uh, well, I guess there's a couple of answers to that. My, my favourite thing that hits the calendar is is the long run on a Sunday in general mm -hmm. big, and there's a few reasons for that it's it, for me that's uh, again being a, a full-time dad along with uh, work and you know everything else that comes with I really love that hour to two hours depending on the, the week where it's just me and the pavement and all we can hear is your own footsteps so I, I get like a lot of relaxation out of that and uh, it's a bit of I guess a bit of me time uh, in the week. So I, I love a long run, but um, I, I don't think it's fair to call that a session. When we look at, a, I guess, a session and putting a bit of work in, um, I'm actually partial to a fartlek. Um, mm -hmm. Just changes things up a little bit, and I love that kind of change in pace. Um, I probably don't in the moment, love the post-session and, you know, having achieved a fair workout, and I, I just feel better for it. Um, I, I, I don't know if I've necessarily got a favourite session. Uh, and again, harking back to my, I guess, my journey in general, I, I honestly feel you know grateful in general to be able to run as much as I do now. And um, so every session that I finish, um, you know, feels like an achievement unto itself. But um, yeah, I guess the the change of pace in in a far like is something that I, I really enjoy. Yeah. And of your PBs, which as far know, as the flip side of that though, not so fun sessions. Yeah, um, <laughs> I used to not like the uh, mile reps, um, mm. and I don't know what it was. Just I, I think it's probably just the thought of like a, a one mile just felt like such an arduous task. And uh, and Mads, you know, wisdom has sent out you know a, a survey of sorts and going, well, you know, tell us all your feedback. What do you love? What do you not love? And oh, well, here's the opportunity. No more of these mile workouts. I'm not a fan. Hating it. Good question. And uh, sure enough, within a couple of weeks, yeah. what I see on the on the uh, yeah. workout in final surge is uh, like four or five times uh, eight minutes, and I'm kind of seven, eight minutes. I can do that. Yeah. Clear the session, knocked it out, and then I've looked back and gone, wait a minute. Each of these is about yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Uh, that was not a favourite, but I guess that's, you know, just how you frame the, the session. So um, I, I guess that's that's one of the things that, well, you know, Mads has taught me a bunch of stuff, but that's one of is, you know, how do you frame what you're looking at? And, uh, you know, looking at that in minutes as opposed to distance mm. is, you know, being a game changer for me. Yeah, you're in, you're in good hands with Mads. And, and some of the other teachings you've had from her, and I, go, I guess, you know, obviously... 
following your career and then being able to be coached by her, like what are some of the things that, yeah, you've sort of been like, wow, this is something I'm getting from, from Mads who's been at the top level, um, filtering down to me and then I can apply my own running. Um, I think not being too harsh on yourself is, is huge. Um, I, you know, probably my own harshest cricket where I think we all are of ourselves. Um, and and it's it's something that I guess it's you know really easy to say you know it is what it is let it go but um, that's that's something that I've I guess really learned in you know being able to accept the ebbs and flows some sessions are going to be a shambles some are going to be amazing um, but you know taking a step back and looking at you know what is the journey that we're going in here and none of these individual sessions in and of themselves really make. A difference it's the culmination of all of those so you know i guess being consistent showing up putting in the effort um is is really what matters and uh if you have setbacks you know it, it kind of brush it off now uh, where i'd probably get you know fairly frustrated early on um even now you know every so often i get a bit down on myself, I think maybe four or five months ago, if that, I had a, a 5k hit out that was a lot slower than what I would have hoped or expected of myself for where I was at. Um, and I let load on Mads with a barrage of, oh, what am I doing? And I've lost the lot. <laughs> and this is, you know, yeah. the end of the world. And uh, yeah, yeah it, it was it was great to have someone like her share a bit of wisdom and, and ground me back again on, you know, this is what you're doing now this is the session that we're in and this is how you should be feeling and don't take it out and uh, yeah it's it's really helped me to i guess get some greater perspective on my own running and in context for myself as well you know where to try and compare myself against some of the other run to bb athletes or you know other people at park run that i come across is all it's doing is um i guess you know robbing yourself of being able to enjoy um, and look at your own progress. So, I guess that more in in a in inward looking um, and not comparing yourself to others, a bit of consistency and um, yeah, not sweating the small stuff. It, it all sounds simple, but to hear yeah. it from someone else and someone that's got you know that I guess the credentials and respect of someone like Mads, it it really does make a difference. No, I love yeah. that. I think you've nailed those, mate. Because yeah, no, that's really good. Chris, oh, you got a question there, mate. Yeah, for yourself, Steve, do you have a preferred distance that you train for that you probably enjoy more than the, the other distances? Um, uh, it's changed over time. I think at the moment the half marathon is something that I'm, I am I see myself enjoying. So I'd, I ran in the Adelaide half um, last weekend, week and a half ago, um, and that's probably the best that I've felt coming out of any given race. I didn't go as hard as... I could because it's a, a part of the, the marathon training block. I, I enjoy the, the marathon, but I think um, the half distance and the time that it takes for me to complete and, and what's needed to train for that, I think that's probably where I, I feel the most comfortable. So um, post this marrow block and moving Mar Melbourne Marathon out of the way, assuming that I get myself to where I want to be and something that I'm comfortable with, I think you know the, the half and the 10K is probably where the focus will be for next year. Uh, so when you Melbourne Marathon, it's not that far away, scarily enough. It's not. We're uh, less than six weeks now, but how's the training block gone? Really good. Um, 
I had a, a relatively interrupted year last year with COVID um, and also you know, got myself what wasn't COVID but felt like it at the time, like a fairly bad cold and a flu all within you know, kind of eight or ten weeks of um, this time round. I've, I've pretty much donated this year towards wanting to build up to this. So I haven't um, focused my mental energy on anything but uh, the Melbourne Marathon. So whilst the block and the training schedule I've got the Mads is, you know, structured, for me mentally, I've, I've been looking at this for probably the last 10 months um, and I feel really good about it. I feel really prepared. Um, I've, I don't think I've ever been this comfortable when I was actually just um, messaging you the other day that I'm I'm starting to get that kind of excitement around it. I, I love the lead up to race day, um, you know, putting it all on the line and, if it fails, it fails. But I, I love that it, you know, that, that anxiousness, that uh, nervous energy. Um, I, I love to feel that. And, and again, that's as as much as I love running unto itself. I think all of this is what I actually love the most is that kind of feel that it, you know, brings up inside of you the excitement of lacing up your shoes and just going out for a long run or a session and uh, visualizing what's coming ahead. Like I've I have memories from last year of you know how many people were there and the you know kids on the sideline that all want a high five um, and me extending my marathon more than I probably should because you see a kid with his hand out and you go well you can't leave him hanging so, you know, <laughs> run across the road and hand out a high five because you know it, that's that's what it's all about for me I I love the results but I love the journey probably more so to be honest. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like it, mate. It sounds like you're having a ball training and getting the best yeah, out of yourself. Good. It's 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 very really cool to hear, mate. Um, I reckon we get into the the medium slow questions, Chris. Yep, yep. Chris, <laughs> they they started out as quick fire questions, more of a stride basis. But they're they're pretty much um. There's enough content for a long run, um, for these ones now. But brilliant. We'll get into them to you, mate. When you when you're heading out, mate, what are we strapping to the wrist? What sort of watch have you got? Uh, I am rocking a Garmin. Um, it didn't start there, um, but that's where it is now. So uh, early okay. early days. Uh, I think was, you uh, know where it started. <laughs> yeah, well, it wasn't great for the for the for the record, and it's great that you've embraced the Garmin lifestyle. But where did because we all have humble beginnings? But where did you start from with your watch? Uh, first watch that I had was a, an Apple Watch. Um, <laughs> previous to that, my first that was good chatting, running <laughs> wasn't was well. I actually wasn't a watch person at all to begin with. I was actually my iPhone in the back of my shorts, getting <laughs> started on Strava, going yeah. for a run, and then uh, running the gauntlet of have I accidentally paused it along the way? Uh, <laughs> so like so, a Strava uh, <laughs> upload off the phone. Yeah, yeah, well. exactly. Because you can run yeah. it straight from the the phone itself. So. Yeah, humble beginnings. You've evolved, mate. You have evolved. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's okay. You you still rocking the iPhone, or have you crossed across to the dark side? No, I'm rocking an iPhone. Um, I've I've loved the iPhone from from the get go. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm a, a bit of a tech nerd. I, I love gadgets. I love all that stuff. <laughs> I've dabbled with Android along the way, but only. Um, I guess playing along the side, iPhone has been my main phone from um, the original iPhone that I had a mate ship out from uh, Montreal 
way back wow. when it was oh, launched and it was America only. So that's still sitting in the drawer back at home. The, the, the little that's candy bar. A, that'd be a collector's oh. item, that one. It might be worth a few bucks. I don't know if you can turn those things on anymore. It has, it's got that old school <laughs> wide plug, but um, oh, yeah, I don't know if you can even buy those anymore. Is that your work? Are you involved in tech with your work or? Yeah, I um, am a, a product manager. I work with um, Optus. So uh, I work relatively closely with um, some of the handset manufacturers um, in essentially making sure that the new gadgets that they've got coming out work on our network uh, and work the way that they want them to work and vice versa. So there's a lot of toing and froing there. But it, yeah, oh, I love it. It doesn't feel like work. Sometimes it does, but uh, yeah, I actually really enjoy seeing what's coming up and what's around the corner. Yeah, there we go, Zacher. Oh, so a yeah, man who it? knows his tech, yeah. um, who has def has ditched the Apple Watch in favour of the Garmin. Yeah, um, yeah. that's what we like. Some time ago, made a wise choice. Uh, by being a persistent, when I got into triathlon i actually had i had a crack at trying doing a triathlon with the apple watch and it was a shit show uh, <laughs> because it, the touch screen and it come out of the water and come out on the swim and i'm sitting there like pressing it pressing it and it's like oh, this is bullshit and then I just leaving it on swim mode for the whole time and i'm going all right that is it so mm. me and apple watch have done one triathlon together and that was it uh, and I'm just going, oh, I, can't, I can't do this. So, exactly. No, you don't need that stress in your life, mate. No, I don't. It's been a happy marriage with Carmen for the last five <laughs> years. So, that'll continue. Uh, very glad that it's going well. Now, we are in <laughs> marathon season at the moment. What sort of gels are you favouring at the moment? Um, I, I actually really enjoyed the, the Morton Gel last year uh, mm -hmm. at the Melbourne Marathon. I, I bought a few since then. Um, I'm actually, uh, the same that I've actually done with a bunch of parts of uh, my running journey, I try all sorts of stuff. Um, I've tried Dakota gels, love them. I've tried winners, wasn't a fan, but they did the job. I've even <laughs> run with, uh, and I've got them sitting over here with me because I forgot to bring gels with me. Tomorrow morning, I've got some Allen snakes. They're going to be joining me on my uh, run tomorrow morning. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I know, actually, I guess got to a point where my body is really tolerant of pretty much anything that I put into it. Um, I've used the uh, Cliff blocks uh, yeah. for the half marathon last weekend. That was what I took with me because it was just quick and easy. So um, mm. Morton is the gel of choice, but uh, I think I've conditioned my gut and my body to accept almost any form of sugar and that uh, just gets on with the job. I'm guessing you're taking Zupa Dupas on at uh, 38K at Melbourne Marathon. <laughs> <laughs> that if is, they're uh, on offer, I'll be putting them down. Don't worry about that. Well, they are there last oh, – actually, yeah. There was kids handing out Zupa Dupas and their snakes halfway yeah. down the hand last yeah, year. Yeah, I was yeah. in the hurt locker and I was <laughs> making some noises that I never thought my body would make. <laughs> and I was trying not to scare them. And going, no, 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 I'm, yeah. not telling, I'm not chewing you. Come over here, mate. Give me all of stuff. <laughs> Whatever you've got, put yeah. it in me. <laughs> I, oh yeah i know i have i've never seen these kids with zoom it's just for me it's a myth but i, I have heard about it i've just never seen it that uh i'd love a zooper duper at uh, the back yeah. end of the marathon i reckon it'd be great i think 
the secret is you're probably too far towards the, the front end. I'm now the proud captain of the middle of the pack. And I think that's where all the, the sweets and the lollies come out. So uh, <laughs> slow your pace down an hour or so and you'll be in the zone, mate. I think the, the marathon is the only acceptable time to take lollies from strangers. You know, we, spend, <laughs> we spend a lot of time as kids growing up being told not to accept lifts from strange people or lollies from strangers. But, um, you know, there's, there is that. Um, a time and a place. That sweet spot between 28 and 36 Ks yeah. that if a strange person is offering you sugar, that you should take that. Absolutely. Mm. Life advice. We're giving a lot of it tonight here on the podcast. Um, exactly. <laughs> mate, um, you've run a stack of PBs uh, over the last couple of years. What is your favourite way to celebrate one? Oh, the shoey is by far and away the favourite celebration. Um mm. And I don't, I actually don't honestly know the origins of that myself. I, I think Daniel Ricciardo's probably got a little bit to answer for. I love watching him <laughs> in the F1 and I've seen him don the, the shoe to the mouth a few times. And uh, the first time that this made an appearance to me was actually post um, Ironman at Port Macquarie in uh, 2019. Uh, <laughs> I just crossed the line and felt like I was about to die. And uh, there was a bloke canning out beers and I've gone, that'll do me and uh yeah ripped off the shoe without even in a second thought poured the beer in and that down the hatch went and um, that then became the celebration of choice <laughs> so that was uh, followed up with um melbourne marathon last year the, the shoe made a, a return last year was uh, look to be honest it was a bit of a disappointment the shoe of choice for running was amazing the uh the vapor flyer <laughs> but uh I reckon it was barely half a uh, bottle of or half a can of beer before it started to spill over the edges because of just how much, um, you know, mesh there is there to let the air in. So uh, I think there's a sweet spot in the type of shoe. Uh, so I've, I've actually had to put a bit of thought in. So the, I think the Wave Rebellion is actually going to be a good one for this year. I've, I've bought the Wave Rebellion. Yeah. Um, I haven't put any liquid in, but on visual inspection, it looks like it can probably hold the best part of a can. So uh, we'll see how that rolls this year. I know when um, you, are, you sent me a amazing. message about the Wave Rebellion and I was giving you sort of feedback <laughs> on the shoe performance. I, I actually factored in how it goes with the shoe. So you could have just asked me if I've done a shoe. And I <laughs> It's yeah, it's it's more than one purpose. Um, last year we also saw a secondary celebration that I didn't think it would ever happen, and I've I reckon I was probably about fifty meters from the finish line when I reefed off the singlet and given it a bit of a wave. I don't know what. I come think we did. Me, see, but, I uh, think we got footage of this. Mm. <laughs> I, I don't know if Mads has sent it on. I don't think we went with it on on the socials. It's probably no probably for the best. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, and I, <laughs> look, I'm not going to make any promises this year. But I don't know what's, well, I don't know what's going to come out of me in those last few moments before you cross the line. The celebration just uh, finds a way to, you know, exactly. express itself, and that's how it comes out. So, and look, finishing a marathon is an emotional time, and we all express it that is. differently. So, um, no, I, I for one look forward to seeing what the celebration is going to be this year. I plan on being in Melbourne um, to support You're my building. athletes and the, and the wider run to PB community. So, um, no, it mate, I'm celebration. Uh, yeah. We had uh, James, James Hansen on last week and he is a big celebrator. Did the double 
the Cobras nice. uh, finish hey. uh, on a couple of races. And, yeah, he's, he's very good at celebrating. So I think I think it's starting to become a run to BB thing that uh, it's, it's flowing down from the coaches. And now <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're the man at the moment with probably, the I think, the best celebrator in the run to BB mm. community. No, definitely. I'm in full agreement with you there, Zaka. Yeah, Steve, you're sort of you're a bit of an early starter, but do you prefer to run alone or would you prefer to run with a group? Uh, this is a, a really interesting question. I I love being around people, but uh, and so I guess for a long run or an easy run, park run preference would be around other people and i think that's probably why i love park run so much I, I use that as an opportunity to catch up with uh other runners friends peeps from work but uh when i'm i guess getting myself into a session a fartlek or anything of the sort i'd rather do it solo because i just i'm not a multitasker i need to concentrate on one thing and if i've got to do a particular you know distance or k's or I, I just prefer to get in the moment and i feel like uh, i'd rather run solo so uh it depends on the session easy run and nothing to think about absolutely with other people but um yeah if i've got a, a session and some reps i'd rather just do it at my own pace i don't want to hold someone else up and um you know vice versa or i'll get irritated if uh, i feel like i'm being interrupted myself so <laughs> no that's okay um, half tights or shorts? Yeah, it's got to be splitties. Yeah. Give the people what they want. Exactly. What what <laughs> length splitties are we going? Are they sort of something that's a bit closer to the knee or something that's closer to the hip? Uh, it's closer to the, the hip. Um, I think mm. the the Nikes that I've got at the moment, I, don't, I reckon they might be three inch. I don't know if they come in three inch. It's either two or four or something, isn't it? It's not super short, but uh, the purple slash pink number from um, Adelaide oh. Half is my favourite. They're, they're super comfy. Uh, I love those ones. You uh, go with pretty monotone colours usually, just dark colours. Don't generally get yourself out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for yeah. those that follow Steve. The brighter, the better. <laughs> yeah. You need your sunnies on when you're around, Steve. <laughs> Which leads me to favourite race kit. So might be something that you've already got. Perhaps it's what you're going to roll with for the Melbourne Marathon. I know you're a man who likes to put some effort into his outfits, but um, gave you an unlimited budget. What's that perfect race kit looking like for you, mate? Real good question. Um, look, uh, to be honest, those shorts that I have, I probably would still rock them again. Uh, mm -hmm. There's something about that colour that just sits nice for me. Um, it would be some fairly bright, Steigens, a big fan of the Steigen socks, um, either a bright pink or a bright orange, something that pops. Um, the singlet is where I'm uh, not sold on yet. That's the, that's the piece of kit that I haven't got sorted out for Melbourne yet. I don't know what I'm going to rock on top. So uh, it'll be something relatively bright. I like a baby blue, but uh, that feels like it's being a little bit conservative. So uh, I'm thinking it's got to be something you know, almost like a fluorescent yellow, just short of tradie, but, uh, you know, on this side of runner. So. <laughs> Liam Adams style. Exactly. <laughs> He's an icon. <laughs> That's yeah. all right. Do you have a preferred brand for your kit? Or just uh, kind of bright? 
What I well, I've I preferred Nike in the the shorts. Uh, I've just found them to be super comfortable. Uh, and Asics in the the singlets. I've got a bunch of different t-shirts and singlets, um, and yeah, I found them to be the most comfortable for for me. Um, but uh, I'm open to trying a little bit of anything and everything. But yeah, the the, the kit so far for me has been the Asics in there, the t-shirt. Um, the shoes, I probably prefer an Asics as well, to be honest. I've, I got a lot of mileage out of a few different pairs over um, my triathlon days. Um, and at the moment, I, I kind of hover somewhere between uh, the the Vaporflies, the Super Blast from Asics. Um, and, you know, well, I'm now about to get myself into the Wave Rebellion. So I'm, I'm keen to see how they fit. Um I'll love to try it all, to be honest. I, I, I find this probably the most difficult of questions, whether it's kit or otherwise. Yeah. I just want one of each, all of them. So uh... <laughs> That's right. I know there'll definitely be some listeners, particularly those from Tasmania, who will be very happy with that answer, mate. So yeah. that, is, that is all good. <laughs> well, they won't be waiting for the sunrise tomorrow because I'll be out before the sunrise yeah. bringing a bit of uh, brightness to the, the streets. They'll be wondering what's going on. Oh, I'll probably be one of those that's waking up the dogs. So. We like we like we like a bit of blue collar action here on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. you, is there a front runner for the shoe? Like you mentioned, Wave Rebellion. You reckon that's definitely going to be the one for the marathon? It's the strong favourite. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's a shoe in, but uh, it's the strong favourite at the moment. Okay, no, very good. Um, track, road, or trails? Do you have a preference there? Uh, I'll probably say that I prefer the road for the fact that I can relatively switch off, particularly in a long run. If, if I'm wanting to just tune out and relax, uh, having something underfoot that I don't really have to think about is, you know, where it's at for me. But um, I love the trails uh, and we've, uh, we're pretty blessed where we are in Adelaide up in the hills that you can look anywhere and there's a different trail to run. Um, so I, I love getting out on the trails when I can. Um, but uh, when it comes to, I guess, running for a specific purpose or reason, I, I'd rather do it on the, the road. It's a bit more controllable. Yep. No, very good. couple more to go, mate. If you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what's your, what would you go to? Uh, it has to be pizza for me. It, Whoa, pizza is so yes. versatile. Yes. Um, Smart, man. If someone served up a square pizza, I would accept it. I probably wouldn't be happy. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think pizza for me would be the uh, the go-to because there's so many different variants and so many options. Um, and that's also a bit of a family favourite. We, we love to get the kids into there, the kitchen and uh, mix up a bit of dough and just go hog wild with whatever's in the fridge and chuck it on. All righty. We'll, we'll, um, we'll ask some quick fire pizza questions. So favourite favorite toppings? Uh, for me, it's a margarita. Mm, okay. For the kids, is yep. it Hawaiian? Um, controversial with the pineapple, but no, it's you no, do no, you. No controversy at all, mate. <laughs> pineapple does belong on a pizza. It is, uh, it is a given. Don't know about that, Kisser. Um, no, it's the official <laughs> podcast stance, Zachary. We've um, <laughs> spoken about <laughs> this. That's <laughs> mate. <laughs> You can easily turn the mic off, mate. <laughs> I'm sure that bit's going to get edited out, I'm sure. <laughs> no. Um, so do you prefer homemade or store-bought? Uh, homemade, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, 
it doesn't feel as heavy. It doesn't feel as greasy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can, it, it, for me, it feels a happy balance of it's a, it's a takeaway food by nature, but it doesn't feel unhealthy and it doesn't feel heavy in the morning. I like that. Now I've got one more on the pizza. I'm, I'm, this will sound dumb, but I'm very <laughs> interested in this. With the cheese, mate, do you brown it till it's like really brown or is it, do you just do it till it's lightly melted? Uh, it is browned. We're, we're talking mm. almost uh, like a latte color, I think. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's not dark. It's, uh, yeah, like a nice tan. Um, and, it, and it's not just a single cheese. You, you need to go a blend. I, mm. we, I, we usually rock something like a 75, 80% cheddar, uh, 10 to 15 mozzarella, um, and then a, maybe a 5% parmesan. So that little mix in itself gives you it's. You know, it's stringy, but it's not messy. Um, See, I was it's, thinking, it's, it's been a work in progress over years, but this is what we've yeah. kind of settled on. See, I've like done, the, done the research. We should have asked Zach when he came on um, some of these questions, but I was thinking mm-hmm. with like a higher mozzarella percentage, mate, just for that extra brownness, you just get some amazing results with it. Just with the mozzarella and under the oven, just all uh, about the aesthetics, Chris. Oh, no, it's made just the the texture and the flavor, it's fantastic. But I do, I do respect and understand the need to have a bit of parmesan in there, too. Yeah, it just gives a little bit of bite, and having Mm. the majority cheddar adds to the usability. So the the look is already there, but to be able to pick this thing up without a knife and fork (laughs) and have it not spill all over the place, it keeps it in place. So it's still stringy, it's still soft, but. You can carry around a slice, and it's not, you know, going all over the place. That's all right. I'm, I'm very impressed at your answer because I'm a big pizza person myself. <laughs> I How can't believe we... that this hasn't yeah. been the only answer for everyone. No. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> people have tuned in to better with pizza. They're, mm. uh, <laughs> you've come to the right place. <laughs> no, it's the number one pizza podcast on all the platforms at the moment. Um, how are we reheating the pizza the next day? Because next day pizza is always fantastic. Are we microwaving that? Are we putting it in the oven with a bit of foil over the top or are we just eating it cold straight out of the fridge? Uh, look, I, personally, I will get up at uh, 6 in the morning straight to the fridge and just grab a piece and tuck it straight in. It's a, it's a breakfast food. It's a lunch food. Um, pre, at pre lunchtime, run, I'd probably heat it up a little bit, but uh, I love a bit of cold pizza the next morning. Yeah, does that stem from your uni days, mate, or that's just sort of something? <laughs> it's, it's a possibility. <laughs> it, it could also stem from my days at home where if you didn't get in and eat, you're going to miss out. So uh, yeah, yeah. just get that food into you. Don't worry about the preparation. <laughs> no, nah, full respect. And yeah, uh, last question and a new one. We haven't asked this one before, but if um, you had $1,000 to spend on run kit, what would you spend it on? thousand <laughs> bucks. Um, I'd have to throw in a new pair of shoes there because of, mm. there is no limit. Do we on what anything is, on the wish list? Ultimate number of shoes. It's whatever you've got. Uh, not at the moment. Like I've, I've just uh, bought the the waves. I've, I'm keen to get uh, back into the ons. Uh, I had a pair of on shoes a couple of years ago, and I haven't worn them since and i've heard some good stuff about the cloud monster so uh keen to to try them out but um no uh, the the wish list 
up until not too long ago was the Wave Rebellion and the Super Blast, and I've uh, just filled that myself uh, recently. So, um, what color did you go with? Yeah, the... definitely a pair of shoes. Uh, what color did you go with the Wave? Uh, they're almost like a. Uh, they're kind of like a, a multitude of colors. There's a bit of white, white rainbow. Pink, blue. Uh, I'll send you a photo of it. It's uh, a <laughs> correct. Very nice. Exactly. The the, the skittles are Jace. <laughs> yeah. cool. That's all right. And what about like um, any extensions to the like? So we've got there's three hundred and fifty bucks on a pair of shoes. Like we um, any like yep gloves. I would have thought gloves uh, would be a necessity over in Adelaide. <clears throat> Lots of stigers. Uh, yeah, well, definitely be stocking up on a, on a bunch of socks, uh, the, the more the merrier. Um, probably a pair of, another pair of tights. I'm still rocking a pair of uh, two times U tights that uh, I got oh, like five, like at the beginning, like five or six mm. years ago, and they haven't let me down. They've got no holes in them, but uh, mm. it's probably time to update the, uh, the compression wear. So uh, I've put, all the front up effort into socks <laughs> and uh i actually i actually need like another cupboard or something to be honest because my my drawers are <laughs> spilling at the scene to the point where i've got t-shirts sitting on top of drawers and you know socks that are sitting in uh, other drawers um uh, i've got a problem and that's the, the first thing is to admit that there's a problem but i don't <laughs> think it's a bad problem so uh, look, it, it would definitely be some more socks, another couple of pairs of shorts. Um, I don't have a lot of long sleeve. Uh, I think I've got one long sleeve T-shirt, but um, I'd probably invest in uh, something that's uh, maybe like a, an IO Merino, something that's woolen that'll uh, keep you warm, but it you know isn't going to be super hot. So uh, that'll be uh, amazing. Um, I don't tend to run with too many hats because my head just gets hot. Um, but I do have, you know, um, a, a couple of hats from a, along the journey. I uh, wouldn't mind finding myself something that's perhaps a little bit breathable. Uh, and so maybe another garment. I'm still rocking the 945, so uh, <laughs> well, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a mess to update that as well. The, yeah, the GPS is starting to go a little bit all over the place. Uh, long run uh, from Sunday, just gone missed half the map so uh maybe it's a sign i reckon you'd spend that i'll make it a sign. quickly i reckon yeah, exactly. I, no I reckon chris chris so we've we had a couple of photos come across our desk through the week that indicate that we're sort of almost turning into a place where maybe a safe spot for people who have got running running kit addictions <laughs> mm -hmm. um definitely runners, um shoes anonymous or, or some kind of help um helping uh, service that we could offer where we could sort of get people together and Steve, you could be heading into this, this sort of area, but we had uh, our friend of the show, blue collar man down in Tassie. He might've sent mm. through a shoe rack that maybe he can send you <laughs> over um, some tips about how to store and like keep, keep all your kit together. Cause he has 44 pairs of yeah, right. shoes on a rack. Amazing. All lined up neatly. All I think Brilliant. he's got them in color coordination. He's got mm -hmm. he's got little indicators of how many k's. Of it. You said to me that uh, of the forty four pairs, I said how many of them are actually you know done and dusted. It's like one one pair. The rest are all active. So <laughs> he's yeah, rotating right. through forty four <laughs> pairs of shoes, 
was there uh caps he shared you mentioned you have a you know you'd like to get in the caps maybe chat to our man paul because he's rock he's got 28 caps yeah, just right. at okay. his disposal so <laughs> there's a whole world out there that i just haven't tapped into yet yeah no it's um <laughs> it is a thing that people have got these addictions and uh beautiful uh, out, so. benji our man from sydney is um fractal fan um certainly worth checking the boys out at, at Fractal. But um, just a bit of random math for you, Zaka, um, just on Paul's shoe rack, which I will say looks absolutely immaculate and I'm super impressed. I <laughs> genuinely, I don't have that many pairs, but that is the way to store them. Easy access, looks great, um, and I love what he's done there. But a bit of random math, 44 times what approximately is 300 because there's a lot of super shoes there, but 44 by $300 for those playing at home is around $13,200. Um, you know, there's going to be some shoes in there that retail for around 350 I reckon, because I can see a few alpha flies and some vapor flies. And then um, looks like there's some easy day shoes as well, which retail for around 250 So we've just gone, gone an average. But I reckon in that little photo, there's about 30 grand worth of shoes, um, which is a, all it is. It's an investment in future health. That's, we're not saying that it's um, overspending, but it's an investment no. in your health. And that's we're here to enable that. Absolutely. I think if you look at the volume of Ks that each of those has done as well, if, uh, if you've run 300 Ks in each of those shoes, which is not a, a hard miss, that's only a dollar per K. It's basically free. You mm. Pays for itself, really. Exactly. I feel like you've had this discussion with your wife and you've got a few of these. I have, but I push them out <laughs> further than 300. <laughs> my, my shoes get to about the 600K mark before they're retired. Um, and by retired, I would just mean that I'm not wearing them anymore. They're still in the house, um, much to Mel's disgust, but uh, they've all got a, a memory attached to them of some sort or another as a part of the journey. And uh, I'm just going to look at, at, at 600 bucks. Then, uh, oh, sorry, it's 600 k's. You know, it's it's 50 cents a mile, uh, yeah. a kilometer. Assuming that they were 300 bucks, and some of them were cheaper than that. So, you know, what can you do for 50 cents yeah. and get the amount of enjoyment that I've had? Yeah. You should be working and running, so someone too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. practically free. <laughs> Is that it, Chris? Are we? That's it. That's that's our that's our list for tonight. Mm. Hey, um, before we let you go, see, we thought as a big fan of the show, we we might just indulge and get you hang around just for a couple of minutes because we've got a bit of world record of chat and we just want to have get your take on this. Chris, oh, it came Absolutely. across what have we got this week? Well, so Steve, I believe your half marathon PB is it around 147.50? Correct. Mm-hmm. How would you fancy chasing a world record, my friend? I'm all up for it. Mm, what's the wow. uh, what's the condition? What's the what's the goal? Well, let's just stay with. Is me it nudity involved? I'm not ruling um, it out. I'm just <laughs> asking for a friend. Fortunately, there is no nudity involved. For this. That's, that's good um, for everyone. Brady came back after our last chat around world record and said it just needed to be a little bit more specific around what we're talking about and. If we were to discuss nudity, I think that would probably, this would be the 159th and last episode <laughs> of the Better With Running podcast. So um, in the you know, interest of uh, everyone, including my future employment, we haven't got <laughs> a world record that involves nudity tonight or in the future. But um, this one, mate, 
this one. So Will Highfield, those people may not be familiar with Will's work and that's completely understandable, but Will holds the, the world record for the fastest half marathon dressed as a mammal. And he ran that in one hour, 47 minutes and 30 seconds dressed in a gorilla suit. Yeah, we've, right. okay. we've just we've just come off the Burnley Half Marathon, Zach, <clears throat> which um you very keenly watched. How do you think Tim Crosby and the crew at AV would react to someone jumping in that sort of first or second wave of starters in a gorilla suit at an AV event? Oh, Tim being you know, a big fan of running the community <laughs> world records, I'd say really back it in. I, you know what I, I would look, really look forward to? I genuinely look forward to the little three-minute clip that comes out on the same night as race night that um, captures all the highlights and um, the winners and, and all of that sort of thing. Um, you know, I'd like to see all the different results and who's done well and the little post-race interviews. Imagine just the old mate getting around in his gorilla suit just being pulled out. <laughs> <laughs> having, a chat, having a chat with Tim. Look, I think it'll get publicity. I think it'll get AV on the map. It'll mm. get, get us on the project or on the certainly um, on the news services, Guardian or whatever people want. Talking about growing our numbers and spreading the reach amongst the community, and perhaps this is the way to do it. How is heavy it? was it? Is it like a heavy duty gorilla, or is it like <laughs> a, a lightweight Could be a thin one? Yeah. Yeah, look, it's, it's, it's um, not too heavy and it's uh, not too hot because that would be a problem unto itself. You'd be sweating like a beast if it was anything <laughs> above sort of 15, 16 degrees. Yeah, yeah. look, a, a little bit on Will because we probably just glossed over his achievement, which is a bit harsh. But Will ran that on the 26th of March of this year. So um, right. definitely what I would suspect is a gettable world record. Not sure on how heavy duty the gorilla suit was, whether it was just a grey pillowcase with a few armholes cut in it and, um, and away we go, or if it was something that was, um, you know, the full kit and caboodle. But uh, Will... Enjoys running, funnily enough, and he's used his gorilla suit to raise awareness and funds for charity. To date, and uh, this isn't a misprint because this is straight from the Guinness World Records page. Uh, so I know it's, oh, I'm assuming it's factual, but Will has raised over 72,000 pounds to date um, and was uh, awarded regional fundraiser of the year at the Pride of Britain Awards in 2022. He hopes to continue fundraising the Hitties £100,000 goal. And for those of you that are across um, the Aussie dollar, that's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of money. So full credit to Will. I'm not sold on the uh, on running in a gorilla suit, but um, yeah, that, that is a lot of money for a good cause. So well done, Will. That's... Um, yeah, Chris. A question, mate. You mm. mentioned it's world record for in a mammal as a mammal. Mm. So you know, thinking through other mammal options, mm -hmm. you know, could there be something easier for Steve to get into that could be, uh, I don't know, some other <clears throat> form of mammal that you know we could get him into a suit that's a bit easier to run. Mm. something colorful maybe we could go a flamingo or a or a zebra <laughs> like something with a bit of flair in it i think 
Yeah. Um, well, it's, yeah, hey, Flamingo. Is it? Nasty if it was like that. Uh, dolphins are, are mammals, aren't they? Get a dolphin suit out, I reckon that'd be pretty slim line. Do you reckon the creature like would have to have legs though? Yeah, yeah you're hard pressed those flippers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, the cheetah. Yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. Like, just to embrace that running thing. I mean, that'd be just a lay down. Surely, Star going to got some cheetah socks already on the on the go. There's got to be some leopard print, surely. Mm. Everyone loves a bit of leopard print, don't they? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, There's plenty of it around. Mind, <laughs> not in the running community. It's not something no. I really observed a lot of uh, in the running community, but that's okay. Um, Zaka, we mentioned the AV videos, the, the post-race highlights. Was there something that you mm. could have spotted in um, the yeah. AV post-race highlights that might have featured one of our own? I wonder if it's gone viral and gone over to to your neck of the woods over in the Adelaide Hills yet, Steve. But it involves run to bb coach Gemma Maney, who had an absolute blinder of a run on the weekend. Did a 10... Uh, coach Mattress orders were to, to run 10K beforehand and then just... I think the orders were jump into the race, uh, kind of sit at marathon pace, pick it up through the back half of it. I think halfway through she, was, she actually said... Uh, had brunch with the two and I got I got Gemma's side of the story and I got Matt's side of the story but Gemma actually <laughs> did feel good about 10k in and said oh I actually looked around thought I'm gonna win this I'm gonna push on <laughs> so put foot down marathon workout kind of went out the window <laughs> ran 74 minutes mm. got into the final straight uh yeah into the last driveway which the finish line set up you know, obviously it's a mixed race, so you've got uh, like a lot of people out on the course, but the the, the guys are going through earlier, so you know they had the finishing ceremony or the, the tape come out for that. Everyone else is out there. People spotted Gemma; they know she's leading. Commentators, you know, giving her a rev up, coming through, so they they get the on and a aspic XCR finishing tape, branded finishing tape out for the photos for the video. Wheel it out. Gemma looking a million dollars. Finishing strongly. Finishing strong. Eyes on the prize. Looks over to Ollie and Matt, or looks over to Matt and gives a bit of a wink and ready to take the tape. And a guy has been tailing her for the last sort of K or so, decides to put in a surge in the last 20 meters and run through the tape and just absolutely. Rob her of the glory of winning the state title. And the look that Gemma gave <laughs> was priceless. And it was like... You can't was, be doing that. <laughs> not only... Outrageous. Not like, only has he run through the tape, though, Zaka, he's grabbed the tape <laughs> and he's hoisted it above his head and given it the double fist pump. Like, he's given it... He's taken one of your... He didn't think the tape was for him, did he? Like... <laughs> I, I, to this day, we're trying to work out what is. <laughs> Read the room, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it was a bizarre situation, and I'll, I'll send any of the footage afterwards, Steve, because 
I'm sure it's going to make its way onto amazing. Um, yeah, social media. Hopefully, some, uh, some TV networks pick it up. Because it is a joke. It is. It's. I don't know how you could think that if you're finishing midfield that all of a sudden, like, did he not? see anyone else it's not like a, a tape was coming out you know that you're not winning this thing you know you're not in the lead what are you doing mate? <laughs> he did think he's somehow won it. <laughs> just just for those of people who are um you know big meme fans there's a, a classic meme that i like it's a bit of a sporting one where hmm. there's a picture of a, a podium and there's a guy he's just been given his medal and then he's like spraying the champagne around and he's like the lady that's given him the medal he's giving her a big kiss and he's doing the double fist pump and getting the photo with the medal in his teeth and you know, it turns out he's come third and like first and second are standing up there all humble and he he's partying like he's just won the world title well it's very similar to um our dear friend who's crossed the line in 112 and um, just <laughs> ripped the finishing tape and hoisted above the head. And he was very, 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 very proud of his accomplishments. Yeah. I don't think um, in the moment he quite realised what he'd done, but I believe that he did make. Um... B tape, grab tape. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, um, He's done the Stephen Bradbury. Maybe he thought the rest of the field just went <laughs> They've all, all been DQ. <laughs> Somehow got the got the chocolates. It might have um, you know, it's not quite like triathlon where you get um you know, oh, a prize for the triathlete over here. <laughs> exactly. You know, there isn't a category for people with red bikes that are aged between forty and forty one and yeah. in the country and are new to the sport. Like it's you know, it's not quite we broken like down that way, checked. but no, no, no. You don't get to buy your ticket to go and represent, you know. You know. Anyway, different story, but um, no, it was a rather... The, uh, the not triathlon. sure whether... He, Unusual. But yeah, I believe he did try and give the finishing tape to Gemma and apologise. But um, but now that yeah. he's like mushed it up and he's already given yeah. it a bit of a well, yeah, he, he, he can <laughs> so, have a turn now, would yeah. he? I think I'll reality... have to go and get my nobody size check. Like, what is... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wonder if you went. I around the presentation. Um... So <laughs> it is. It is on YouTube for those people yeah. that if you do want to watch um, what we're talking about, pop onto YouTube. Go to Ask Victoria website and mm-hmm. or sorry the YouTube page and look up the um, longer form video and see Gemma come across the line. If you just slow it down <laughs> to have a look um, at Gemma's eyes. At once she's finished, an old mate has hoisted the uh, finishing tape above the head. If looks could kill, um, Jim would not have got out on bail. She's um, being <laughs> held. She's in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Oh. I reckon Mattress has seen that uh, look before and he knows. Yeah, and he knows what's yeah coming. He knows, like, oh. <laughs> it's very fortunate that Jim was exhausted because otherwise yeah. shit was about to go down. So um, anyway, we're in discussions with Tim Crosby to, to do a reenactment. To get it set up, get the finishing line set up, get the tape out. And Gemma can run through and get the glory that she deserves. Mm. So, uh, yeah, no, that was um, that was quite bizarre, mate. So, um, thank you, Steve, for hanging around for World Record Chat and, and obviously oh, jumping on the interview before. It was really interesting to hear about your journey and and we're loving it. Like we're obviously big fans, following along, love seeing the celebrations, and we're going to be excited to see you in Melbourne. 
Oh, thanks, guys. Really appreciate your support. Um, I can't wait for for Melbourne. It, it, the atmosphere and the you know seeing the the community continue to grow. Um, and Melbourne sold out well in advance. Like it just shows how much uh, people are you know really getting into it. So uh, yeah, it's a really exciting time. Um, I'm loving my journey and uh, can't wait to get over and um, catch up with you guys. Awesome, mate. Shoeies are on me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll hold you to that. All right. Make it easy, mate. And Take care, guys. Mate, that was that was a lot of fun catching up with Steve and just in it's inspiring really. Like I think for I know for myself, like I obviously started running when I was maybe 15, 16, but I was already doing other sports. So I was able to run, you know, transition into running not from ground zero, where I think with Steve talking about, you know, obviously having on top of that, having you know, his asthma and things like that. It's like, it's from what he's been able to achieve of starting off where he has, it's quite phenomenal. Oh, it's, it's incredible. I mean, here's a guy that couldn't run a kilometer. You know, literally <laughs> couldn't, literally could not run a kilometer without having some Ventolin. And, you know, let, let's be honest, for someone who's setting out there to run, it's probably not the most enjoyable experience. Right. So to go from that and progress along to you know, running 5Ks and 10 half marathons and marathons, even doing some triathlon as well, but to genuinely fall in love with the sport and seeing progress to loving it so much that he loves buying shoes and, you know, he's got a coach that, has given him structure and taught him so much about it to the point where now, you know, he wants to go and set a, a great example for his kids and, and sort of help them enjoy the sport as well. I just, I love stuff like that. I think it's, it's great that you can participate in something, but full credit to Steve as well, because a lot of people in that situation would just go, oh, stuff, this isn't too hard. I don't want to put my body through this, but no, like he's stuck at it and to see the progress that he's made, it's bloody awesome. Yeah, no, it's uh, going to be exciting to see see what celebration unfolds at Melbourne and uh, what, how the show goes. Mate, it's, yeah, um, watch this space. I mean, when, like, Steve admits himself, he doesn't even know what he's going to do. So it's going to be a surprise. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's going to be a surprise to him and it's going to be a surprise to us. But um, I, for one, will hopefully be in the stands and looking forward to witnessing that. So. No, it's it's great. You know, we've got some great people in the in the community, and it was awesome to be able to share in Steve's story tonight. Very cool, mate. Hey, talking about celebrating, there was uh, a number of PBs that went down over the week. We obviously talked about Burnley earlier, and we had a good part of oh, twenty plus. Mm. Say Burnley. Bunch of PBEs went up on our socials on the on the post that features the times and some some achievements. New South Wales, there was a few going around there. We actually uh, passed guest Portia Olsen. I know we will give a specific shout out there because she was preparing for that race when we had a chat and went around with an in one twenty three ten. A new PB, so, fifth overall too, um, yeah, as well. Brilliant. Like just absolutely absolutely smashing it you know she's an she's a legend and to see her run so well take another chunk out of that pb that's brilliant yeah absolute legend and sam hopper who we have given porsche a harsh a hard time with uh some of our 
our stitch up with the quick questions and she's been a great sport and Sam's tried to throw on the bus again and he sent through some info about her um getting emotional at a sporting event again <laughs> at the Sydney Swans women women's team when they had a win. So Sam he's um he's really she's pushing it. Um pushing the boat out there with some of these messages he's sending through because <laughs> Porsche's a lovely lady, and I think uh, Sam is. Yeah, he's. he's I, I don't. I don't know if. Uh, yeah, Sam's on borrowed time now. I reckon sending those messages through. Yeah, it's just um, we have to pull ahead in a little bit. Um, <laughs> you know, he's a lady that loves her footy, and her yeah. team's got up, and she's just absolutely thrilled for them. And mm. um, uh, yeah, like something we should be celebrating, Sam. No way, but. Uh, a uh, yeah, there was a few park run results there as well. Yes, so lots lots going down, and actually one down in Tassie we thought we'd just call out was mm-hmm. it was something that uh, our man Archie Payne organised down in Lonnie. He's raised a lot of money over the last gee since twenty twenty. There's actually a calculation how much he's raised for the fight MND cause. It's up to. $19,386. That is phenomenal. And this year alone raised $6,661. And he did that. Uh, his event or his charity run this year was a 27K run out around a, it looks like a trots track there. Mm. They've done a loop. So he's been able to get a few people to come along and do some, do a few laps with him so he could, Get out the two two hour run, two hours and sixteen minutes. Coach uh, Josh Harris was down there in attendance, so massive shout out to Archie. Like he's just doing amazing things for the community, and what he's doing down there is as a young kid, it's pretty bloody inspiring, mate. And that's it. Like he, he's a kid; he's in high school um, to be going and organising this sort of stuff off his own bat, like. I was flat out organising my own lunch for when I was his age. So to see someone get in there and, you know, really putting in the work for something that he's passionate about to raise so much money, I just, I'm totally in awe. Like it's the best part of $20,000 that he's raised over the last three years. And, um, like, he's achieving some phenomenal results in his running too. And it's, you know, great to see Josh getting down there and supporting him as well. And there's some pretty cool photos. Uh, which he's got, but no, I just take my hat off to Archer. You know, what a outstanding member of the community that they've got um, down there in Tassie, you know, just um, really looking forward to seeing what he's got in future um, in store, like not just for raising money for MND, but just um, wherever he ends up working, whatever he chooses to do mm. in life. Um, yeah, he, he's um, a very, very good young man. Rolled the... 27k in the oak running socks as well. Mm, uh, Very good on... choice. Had the grey. He's got the grey ones on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Very fact, good. The um, post he put up was 27k in his favourite running socks. Uh, so the um, the the people the, the team at Oak will be absolutely thrilled uh, mm. to see that. So um, I reckon I'm not sure. if I'm hoping that they saw that. I mean, I reckon Archie. Might have earned himself a free pair of oat socks. Um, put a good word in for you, Archie, and, and see how you go, mate. But um, no, nah, look, well done, mate. That's bloody legendary stuff. 
It is, mate. It is. Hey, um, it's been a big show, mate. I think we've got to wrap it up there. I I did hear we've got to, we will in the future, a couple of episodes away, I think, just trying to time down, is uh, Mad Mitch. Mitch is yes. back. He oh. is raring to go. He's had a huge trip, done some phenomenal things on the road in Europe, covering the Diamond Leagues, covering the World Champs. And, yeah, he's landed. I had a message from him today. He was actually at an interview, funnily enough, with Canadian Running News and uh, told him about our excitement that uh, you got that close to to chatting to them about uh, running I news. I think um, so. He's he's getting there. He's getting out. He, our man could be knocking the doors down at Canadian Running News. It's um, a testament to Mitch and the work that he's put in. He started out from humble beginnings, just you know, literally coming on our podcast and yeah. and getting his start there. And now he's you know he's been overseas. He's tackling the and mate Canadian Running Magazine. It doesn't get any bigger than that. Big things coming for Mitchie. Oh, mate, big things. Um, straight at it's taken off. Uh, he's absolutely kicking goals everywhere. So um, can't wait to get the big man on and, and we'll hear about on. just everything World Championships, a trip to Europe, um, taking on the the world's um, best journalists over 800 metres as well <laughs> and how that all went. Um, he's still running, isn't he? Wow. <laughs> Um, we'll let him tell the story, but I believe he went out with the intent to go out hard and hang on. And um, I'm looking forward to him telling that story. Um, it could be literally just three hours of Mitch and his stories. There'd be no need for, for any of us oh, to we'll just sit yeah. back and listen. But we'll chat the mics on, mate. Just sit down on the couch and Mitch will go. <laughs> yeah. uh, looking forward to that. And um, also, we, we may even have a special guest co host next week yes. as well. Your people are talking to their people to try yes. and get a deal across the line. Mm, just negotiating some figures at the moment and um, hopefully back by popular demand as well. So, um, yeah, it'd be good to check in with them. All things going well so long as we can um, settle on, on an agreement next week. Love it, mate. Some good things coming, good mm-hmm. things to look forward to and enjoy the recovery week. And uh, we'll be back next week, potentially with a special guest host. And uh, if nothing else, we'll be back here to talk, talk running, maybe some uh, world record chat if yes. uh, we survive this one. Yes, we'll be hopefully world record chat so long as Brady signs off on it and can guarantee there will be no nudity. <laughs> None. That is not happening. They're not talking nudist world records. <laughs> All right, mate. Take it easy. We'll chat next week. No worries, mate. Chat soon.